I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. All right, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hansen James. Man, it's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> It has been a while. Man, oh man. Oh, geez. I'm not sure if we really like have a set excuse. Have we have have we rehearsed an excuse yet? Like uh <laughs> we just didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean I just Yeah, it was it, it's uh it was a slump. It was um Well guys, sometimes it's hard. I there are nights where there's just no time. And that's just the regular season a little bit. And it's funny, the last podcast we did, the Jazz were doing really badly, and then they went on a big win streak. So maybe we just should not do the podcast. Yeah, if we want yeah this podcast is game. bad mojo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, the, if, if they go on a losing streak after this one, I think we probably have learned our lesson. Then it's our fault. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah. then it is our fault. We should feel bad. We should feel really bad. You know, yeah. we should... We should feel bad if we ever complain about the jazz online. We should feel bad if we ever, uh, ever care to even mention some sort of trade for a player. Uh, we should just feel bad can, about. Can, a lot can of there anybody fan anymore nowadays? Like, like, the, the, what is what is more annoying than the uh, than anything? I, I think on tw- uh, on Twitter is the fan policing where where somebody has to go in there and like full like tape in the middle of their glasses push them up and be like guys we can't talk 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 bad about things like like listen listen if 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 somebody excuse my french but somebody's like shits in the middle of the, the bedroom and and then you're like no you can't talk about it because you know who shit that is like it, it's seriously, it's it's it, like if somebody craps a bed, somebody craps a bed. So, um, so that's uh, yeah. that's how I feel about like it, it's okay, it's okay to criticize players as long as like as long as you're not being abusive, you're being per- you're personally attacking them, and you're being like completely irrational with it. It is fine. It is also fine to take uh, it to um, rise and fall with games. And if we've one loss and you're like, man, we shouldn't have lost that game. And people are like, well, you know, there's losses are going to happen. Well, no crap. Like we know it's going to happen. No one's no, no, there's not one person behind like a Twitter keyboard being like, I never thought my team would lose. Well, that's the thing. Is it, is it okay if I get excited when they win or is that overreacting too? Should we just not feel any? It's just one win. It's anything? just one win, James. It's just one win. It's just one win. <laughs> 
I just want to win. Teams win all the time. We shouldn't celebrate it. <laughs> yeah, I see. Just, it doesn't work the other way. It. it doesn't work the other way. Well, yeah, it's just it's just obnoxious. So if you go online and your purpose is to tell people how to, you know, and we just had the Kobe thing. And by the way, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't really want to do a Kobe thing because I felt like there's so much stuff out there, and I just don't want to take advantage of that for listens or views or clicks or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But there's so many people out there, even with that, telling people how they should feel about Kobe and like. If you didn't feel something for that, then I don't know how much of a basketball fan you are. But at the same time, I'm not going to tell you how to feel. You know, mm-hmm. I know for me, I was super bummed and it was just really sad. And it's not, you know, like grief is a hella big emotion. Like it's a big, big emotion. And and I think there's there, there's numerous layers. And when somebody's going through grief um, and there's a lot and especially with Kobe, um, I, I think. Uh, there was a really nuanced thread that, you know, going up, you know, with the sexual assault, his legacy as a player, how he has changed as a man, but you can't take things back. And, if, and mixing that with, it's, we shouldn't lionize people, but at the same time, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't categorize people at their, at their worst moments. Well, maybe we um, can wait at least a day before we start talking about his yeah. rape case. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and, he's literally yeah, and, and, not and, even in and, the and, ground, and you talking about like, come on, people. Yeah, there, like, there, there was a, there was a lot of things. Like it was just it was really interesting. Like, and uh, I would say like the very first day, I, I yeah, there were some people getting their shots off for for the sexual assault, where it was just like, and 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 the type of people it was, you were like, yeah, this. Like you're not you you ain't here for for uh, you know for the basketball you ain't here for like him as a person it was just you know this is uh this is a person of power that that you can take down but I did I did think like the day after like and it is a stages of grief like it was like the day after just like wow you know that hit me hard because you you I think anytime. If if there's like some some somebody big in your life, like whether it's celebrity or family or whatnot, and they're gone, I think it, it is uh it holds a mirror to your own mortality really quick, and so I think that's always the first reaction of why you're so sad because you're sad because you, you, it's it's that empathetic feeling of like man, what would happen if I left? Like what would my what happened to my kids, my family, and blah blah blah, and and then I think like the day after. Um, I think a lot of people, and even and, and even like very big NBA types, who I would say ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time are in Kobe's corner. Like, okay, let's 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 assess this. Like, if we are, if we, you know, how 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 do you write the obituary, so to speak, of of this man? Um, how you know, and 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 I think, uh, and and this is where you get into like what you can and you can't tweet. And I think as long as you are being respectful of every party that is hurt, that is um, going through grief, that is going through pain. Um, I think uh, you you are able, like Twitter, Twitter is a platform for talking into the void. Like you're literally just saying things and people are liking and retweeting. Like it, there's no requirement. There is, the bar is very low to have a Twitter account. Like just check the Barry account that pops up like every week after it's blocked and and banned um there's a very low bar uh but i think as far as like how to fan and whatnot as long as people are like 
having a good time, let them. If if they're being if if they're being abusive, that's where where it crosses the line. That's where that's where you fan police. Like if they're being absolute assholes to, to people, yeah, you 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 police then. But we we like we're we've learned that as jazz fans, you know, from the Russell Russell Westbrook thing from last year, everything. Like yeah, that's where you you break in there when it becomes abusive. But as far as like having a good time or just like reacting to a loss, people react in different ways. Mm-hmm. Ask my and, two cents. Yeah, and it's okay to like, and you know, I don't know if we really need to delve into Kobe any more than that. It's funny. I was on my mission when that whole Colorado case thing was going on. I had literally no idea about anything, and it was oh anything. man. So I had like no, I didn't even know it happened until I got home, and you know, it was weird. But uh, but in the same, it time, was like, crazy. It was so crazy. Well, was crazy I like. But- What's funny is like I had no knowledge of it, and even people who went through that, like, do people really know all the ins and outs of that case? You know, to, yeah. to have such a declarative sent statement, like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just think it's just weird to like make comments about someone who just died, including their daughter, and you're like, I don't know. It's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Just, that's rough pill for me to take to just like. I, I, maybe I think there's. Day. Yeah, there's there's um one, uh, I I think my favorite takeaway um from all of it, and there's been a lot of tributes and other things, but I think the thing that like got me the most and was just like, yeah, this is this is the way. Um, like uh, TNT, um, which I to be to be real, I thought I've really thought like TNT's coverage over the last two years has really been slipping. Like it just, it just wasn't very poignant and very like, it just didn't feel like the the game was being, being cared about. And, uh, but their night their tonight, like taking, like as they were covering and they did, uh, they had Shaq talking and all of this and, uh, and Shaq was uh, saying, he's like, man, I work a ton, man. I work way too much. And, you know, like you guys reach out to me, but I don't reach out to you a lot, and and I think that's like the biggest takeaway from from all of it is, uh, I'm whenever there's a big death, I think you you realize how much uh, you know you you take for granted you know that you have tomorrow or other people have tomorrow, and and I I think uh, is if it it's not it's not like the takeaway from this is you need to get on the phone and be like rolling through your contacts just to check in on everybody every waking second. But I think the thing is, is if you feel like you want to call somebody, give them a call. <laughs> don't, don't put it off till tomorrow and don't, don't, don't expect it. And, and, uh, and, and, and don't let, you know, what you, th- not personal ambition, but unnecessary ambition get in the way of, of you being close with, with those that you want to be close with. So I think it's, it's it's always a good a, a good re- reverberation back, and I did not look forward to writing the pieces on SLC Dunk about this. I like it, it uh, when I opened up the page and just saw the cursor blinking at me. It just it it's 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 tough, and uh, but but what I'm glad about. So with that, whoo. Heavy stuff out of the way. I'm, I'm glad that basketball is able to resume, and it's but it's always a, 
it, I think, and not that this is on a 9-11 level, but I remember the first SNL episode, like the first Saturday Night Live episode of SNL. And uh, uh, they had, they had uh, Mayor Rudy Giuliani on there. And he, Lauren Michaels looks at Rudy and is like, uh, can we be funny again? Because he had this big tribute at the beginning, and he's like, "Can we be funny again?" And uh, Rudy looks uh, uh, looked at me. He's like, "What do you mean again?" And uh, and and then you know the joke was there, and it was kind of like this. Uh, the joke wasn't even like the best joke in history, <laughs> but it was this moment of being like, "Okay, let's get going." It's it's okay to it's okay to be happy. It's okay to, you know to like to forget. For for you know for hours and minutes and for some people who are very close to Kobe that you know and and the Laker organization that's it's like it's it, they're just looking for a couple minutes where they're not in sadness and then you know it's okay to to move on and to be happy and to live your life and to appreciate it and and not to think of tragedy like and I, I think that's what we're finally at the point where it's just like now it's pivot like and it's always a hard pivot but let's pivot. Mm-hmm. Well, the you know, the Jazz uh, played a basketball game last night. It did not go well. Uh, but before- I mean, that's loosely use loosely. Are we okay? To, are we okay to say that that the Jazz did not play well, or is anyone going to get triggered? I hope like I, hope I, everyone I, can be okay if we mention that the Jazz did not play well last night. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, and I don't. Really and I, don't I really don't want to. I, I don't want it to be like it was because it was Kobe. Like there's. There were a I, lot of bad things about that game last night, and I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. I don't think you can just, and I don't think many of the players would also be comfortable with 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 taking the onus of, oh, it's because because Kobe Kobe died. Like I don't think I don't think they would feel comfortable with, at at that same level um, of of that putting the culpability on that. I think uh, um, a. Um, before anything else, it seems like they thought this Rockets team was going to just lay over like the Pacers did on that altitude back to back. Did you get that impression? Yeah, they like came just, out in the first half and they just expected to win that game. And uh, the Rockets came out and punched him in the mouth over and over and over. And they looked nervous. They looked. Yeah, they looked, the effort was awful. Like it was just bad. There was no good takeaways from that game. I think Quinn Snyder even said that. Like, there's not a lot that we did well at all in this game. And you know, you know that's Quinn Snyder. So hopefully everyone can be okay with that. But it was, uh, it was really bad. And uh, I yeah. was, it was such a bad performance. It had me questioning a lot of things. And I think it, I think it was just a bad game. But I think mm-hmm. when you, you know what. Uh, Kobe Bryant would not have been pleased with that level of effort last night is what I will say. That was not, that was really bad. It was really, yeah, that was rough. 2014, 2016 uh, Lakers quality. Um, definitely not, no. not up to snuff. I, I, I think because last night I was like games like this and, and, and I'm not of the person where it's just like, this is going to ruin your season, but what I do believe is games like that ruin your postseason because it only counts for one loss in the in in the loss column now. 
but it does, it can be the difference between um, having a tiebreaker and not. And the Jazz were really gifted a scenario this season where they could own the tiebreaker to the team that has had their number in the playoffs for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And they, because they only played three games against Houston and two of them were in Utah. And then they were given the opportunity to play against Houston without Russ, without Harden, without Capella. I'm sorry, like, it, be, because of that scenario, there needed to be a level of focus and, um, and a level of uh, commitment and professionalism to be like, I don't care if they're, they're trotting out like the Washington generals. We're going to put them into the ground because I don't want to have a tiebreaker be the, be the deciding factor of who's the fourth seed or, or who's the fifth seed. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be a tiebreaker to be the difference between second and fifth. And looking at the last two years in the West, um, there's always a big separation between first and second. And then there's always five teams that are grouped together by a game or two games. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, and, and, and when you look at the rest of the season, the rest of the season and it, if you just just go by wins losses and and who's favored if you just go to 538 or or cleaning the glass what their expected eight, uh, 82 wins are for um, the western conference top teams and you start to be like oh geez they're all 50 going they're all like 53 and 29 mm-hmm. okay well if everyone's 53 and 29 we're we're in some insane tiebreaker scenarios. So do we really want to have to that be the case? And by the way, the Jazz have been te- have do not have a winning record against top five hundred teams in the West. So they're not going to be on the right side of a lot of tiebreakers right now. And they have the opportunity right now as they they're playing a lot of top teams over the next ten games. Dallas a, t- a lot, Denver, Houston, Portland that they have an opportunity to be on the right side of that. But it, it doesn't help with the reputation that Utah has still has over the month of January and the end of December that they're a paper tiger, that they can they can, you know, whip some some terrible teams. Like and they have. They've just put p- terrible teams in the ground and that's been amazing. But this t- that that quality reminds me more of the Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, Menro Kerr jazz than a championship contender, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Jeff Hornacek jazz of, yeah, we're going to put whoever is in front of us into the ground. And it, and this team right now, if you're above 500, it doesn't matter if you're a game or, or 15 so far, it, 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 it yields more losses and wins. And there's a chance to change that, but Houston does not help uh, uh, to a larger audience. No, it was, it's bad. There was not a lot, and it makes you nervous because they were just running the same defense they always run. And I was disappointed that the Jazz were just not prepared to handle that. Uh, They looked nervous. They looked like scared i i there was just so much about that game that like and maybe it is just one of those things we need to forget because they will play uh i think they're playing the spurs tomorrow we're recording this the day before the spurs game uh you know mm-hmm. hope that and it's game. a back-to-back it's 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 spurs then to denver yeah i so guess good a, luck and so this was supposed to be yuck. the easy one and they couldn't 
they couldn't get it done and it was bad. And I just, one thing I'm getting a little tired of is how they come out and they just don't look ready, whether it's just cause they're tired or not, you know, and then they kind of like get kicked into gear and play. You can't do that. If you want to win enough games to get home court advantage, at least in the first round, you know, uh, they can't do that. You can't play like that. And I don't, yeah. you can send me all the analytics in the world, but in the end it comes down to, did you play at a high level when you needed to? And they didn't. And uh, it is rough. Um, but well, one thing that w- does worry me, um, and, and, and this isn't like the one game thing, but it's uh, when they've played tough teams um, and, and yeah, we have the, there's, there's a win against the Clippers and then there's a win against the Mavericks and um, and you could dare say that the win against the Clippers, they did the same thing to Utah that Utah did to Houston. Um, but I, it worries me that in most of the games that the, the Jazz have played top teams, uh, those top teams have successfully made it where Donovan has to single-handedly carry the team on, on, on his back. And which is something that the Utah Jazz went out and made moves so he didn't have to do. And um, and when they play bad teams, they're not able to do that. But when they've played good teams, they've successfully muted Boyan. They've successfully muted Mike Conley. They've successfully muted Joe Ingles. And, and they've turned... Uh, and without those th- that spacing, that reliable spacing... Um, that takes out Rudy, and so that leaves the only dynamic playmaker as as Donovan, and he's the only one who's been able to step up despite the increased attention and uh, guys guys getting taken out. So, um, and I'm not sure if this that's what you were leading to, but that brings us to Mike Conley nine days before a trade deadline. That who's only played twenty six games, no twenty seven now, uh-huh. and he's on his fifth game back. And you're like, "Is the guy is 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 he the answer? Did like is when is we are now almost to February, and we're still asking the question, dude? When's Mike Conley going to look like Mike Conley? Yeah, I, I mean, there's two things I kind of think. I think just to talk about the Donovan Mitchell point, I think in the end good teams do that to everyone. And I think the jazz do that to other teams as well. And it just comes down to, do you have that guy can, that can make plays Uh, for the rockets that beat the jazz the last few years? It was, it was Chris Paul, who's now on the, the thunder. And then it's like Kevin Durant for these great teams, you know, LeBron for Cleveland. And, and so you just, if, if Mike Conley can't figure it out, it's just all our eggs in the Donovan Mitchell basket. And maybe that's enough, but man, it's just, you're hoping that he can get to at least a place where you're confident he can play alongside Donovan Mitchell and the jazz starters. And it can be at a level you were hoping for. And I don't, I feel like that he is back. I want to see him with the starters again. I want to see how that looks again, because I will say like the one little glimmer of hope from that Rockets game was that Mike Conley did look like he had a little more hop that he moved around mm-hmm. better. And that was nice to see because honestly, there's been times where it just looks like he's 
kind of just playing within the offense and making smart decisions in terms of passing, but the shot's not falling and he's not beating anyone. And, and so, you know, I think this is a tough thing for the jazz. You've got nine days left for the trade deadline and this might be their best window, you know, ever since like Stockton and Malone. And do you have something in, in that you can pull like some sort of trade you can, can do that, you know, you can take advantage of having this Mike Conley asset right now while he still has like two years and maybe there's a team that doesn't mind switching up that. Or do you just kind of hope that he'll figure it out that, uh, that he can kind of reach a certain level that elevates the team. And I don't know, it's really, really a tough spot for Justin Zanuck and, and Dennis Lindsay to figure this out because, and you hope to heck that like they're seeing things in practice that we aren't seeing or, you know, something's going on because I personally am as big a proponent. I, you know, I had other people before the season started that I was kind of more interested in for the jazz going after. But when they went for Mike Conley, I was like, okay, well we know that Mike Conley is a, is a borderline all-star and, and should be a nice fit alongside Donovan Mitchell. And, Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the luster of that has been taken away by injury. That just sucks. But like, man, we haven't just seen a lot to really just be like, wow, okay, this could really work. Like, I can't really point to any moments where it just looked great, you know? Yeah, and it's it's crazy um, because there's been a few times where. Uh, right before Conley got got in, uh, uh, was re-injured his his uh, his hamstring. I I was kind of working on a, doing like the the Bears starting on on an article on you know are there other players like Conley that you know fallen off a cliff or um, who are or, or you know switched teams and this has happened and they you know came off the bench and they were successful and the the long and sh- at and at his age, like at age thirty two, like they just dropped off. That were all star caliber, and and honestly, the answer is no. So if you were going to take that, if you're going to like look at that, and you'd be like, okay, well, you know, there's no way, there's literally no way that uh, you know, he he could he could drop off like that, but that just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't happen. Like that's not the takeaway from this. Um, and just because he, he might be the first one. Um, so, so a, are there any people who have like dropped off, had an injury and then like came off the bench and been a super sub and provided a lot of value? No. Are there any guys have kind of dropped off this fast? No. Have they at 31? They've done at 33. But even then they were, they didn't have like the spectacular season that, uh, that Mike Conley had before. And then you have to factor that in with uh, point guards who have come to Utah. If they are more of a true playmaker, like playmaker, like, a facilitator first and scorer second, um, which Mike Conley is. He's become more of a scorer like the three years before Utah. Uh, but before that, he was more of the facilitator role. And and uh, he, he and he's struggling. Ricky Rubio struggled. Um, George Hill uh, did not, but he was 
he was more of the scorer um, in in Indiana. Uh, I know because I, I lived in Indiana during that whole Paul George, Roy Hibbert, George Hill, Lance Stevenson team, and and crazy enough, and weird as it is to say, Lance Stevenson was a lot of Lance Stevenson and uh, Paul George did a lot of the playmaking for them, and and so. And then you go even back further and you look at, well, Dante Exum, who is not a scorer first mentality, he he struggled in the system. Uh, Shelvin Mack, who is not a not a distributor playmaker type, actually kind of thrived a little bit, played above his ability for a while. And so, so that leaves you with, well, if you're looking for a point guard that's made for the Utah Jazz system, he needs to be a scorer first mentality. Um, in the way that it needs to it, like to function really well from what we've seen, sample size. And it, you know, six years is a good amount from, from Quinn. That means Donovan's probably that dude. So now Utah has to answer a question that they in no way, like that no way in hell they wanted to answer. And, 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 and nor did they ever want asked. Like this is the worst case scenario with the with the Mike Conley trade. You've you've moved a first round asset. Mike Conley has provided no positive value nor negative value. He's completely neutral, and you have no sample size. And it's nine days before the deadline. And oh, by the way, the whole Kobe tragedy has just shut down the trade machine. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And so agents aren't talking about trades right now. Uh, teams aren't talking about trades right now. And so even if there was an opportunity to pivot, there it doesn't look like it's available. And if you did want to pivot, you might be really sinking assets again into a sunk cost already because you might be ha- have to give up more than just Mike Conley to get – something of value back because Mike Conley does not look like Mike Conley. Mm -hmm. So like finding deals that you can match salary and also match the value that you're getting back in it are incredibly hard. And so, yeah, like I, I I think he, Mike Conley could be a piece because you're like, yeah, that's 32 million. You can get, that's a lot of player salary, but at the same time you're like, well, I mean, who out there is really chomping at the bit to take on 32 million over the next two years for a guy who right now is averaging 12.6 points a game, 3.1 rebounds, 4.2 assists, 
and only 27 minutes per game. And oh yeah, he's shooting 37% from the field. And he's he's actually having the worst season of his career since he was a rookie. And when and his rookie season, he was labeled as a bust. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's rough. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it's really rough. And so I don't know. I mean, there's some things maybe the Jazz could have done earlier in the year, like perhaps there is a Chris Paul trade that can still be had. But now the the Thunder are in a playoff hunt, and I mean that's just the thing. Like when people say trade Mike Conley. You know, would you trade for Mike Conley? <laughs> you know, right now, if you were a, fa- a fan of some other team, would you trade for Mike Conley? I don't know. Uh, and so it's just really, it's kind of this thing with the Jazz that they might just have to hope he he figures it out. And I honestly think there mm-hmm. comes a point here soon. And they did it when he first came back and he injured his hamstring. And I'm guessing that's the plan anyways, to just eventually get him to back to just the starting unit. But I think they do just have to start him and they're going to have to figure it out. And if that means like they lose a few spots in playoff seating, because for whatever reason, they can't get that figured out. That might be what they have to do. Cause I just don't see a lot of trades out there that, yeah. that fit that the jazz are going to want to do. Like even things like, you know, you mentioned just like people that might actually match like a Kevin love or something like does Cleveland really want, Mike Conley over their young point guards and, and, you know, ruin a chance at a lottery pick that they want to lose a lot of games. I don't know. There's just not a lot of things out there to even really get. And so, yeah, it's, I don't know what you do. I I just don't. And, and, and as much as like, and for those of you who are like, man, people shouldn't be talking about training Mike Conley. I think, like, first of all, we live in the NBA 2K era. Like, these dudes get traded millions of times in a game. A game. And, uh... Well, that's uh, part of the league, too. It's like, part, sorry, guys. It's, it's part of the league. It's a professional league. Like, this is what happens. Trades happen all the time. And I promise you, there's going to be some players traded at the trade trade deadline. It happens. If you talk about a trade, it's not like a sin, all right? Like, it's okay. Is Some people will put out random, weird trade requests out there. And, you know, but that's okay. That's part of being a fan. That's what this is all about. You know who, like tweets about trades and and player acquisitions and things donovan mitchell does when he's talking about the new york mets because he's a fan of the mets like it's part of being a fan like god it just drives me crazy like if if someone wants to talk about it fine you know how many times these players probably check their instagram or twitter feeds all the time but they also ignore it a lot too and i i I don't get it like And, and and I get there's a human like because uh, Andy tweeted out today like they're like what's one thing about you know that the players wish that people people understood and and they're like well you know there's a there's a human being behind dribbling the basketball and that is completely valid it is completely valid um, it's but it's also an entertainment machine that is it, it doesn't run like a normal job when people are like, man, can you believe, would you like it if people com- constantly were asking if you were going to get, you know, like fired from your job? And you're like, well, n- no, but I also am not like, I, I don't go to work. And if I do well, I had like 42,000, like uh, 33,000 people like cheering me on 
Yeah, and I'm also not making, <laughs> for, I'm also for, not for, making for, seven for figures. Two and a half hours. Yeah. I'm not making yeah. seven figures. Like, yeah, guess what? It, when you sign, when you sign a thirty-two million dollar a year contract, that's great. But that comes with stuff like this, like trade discussions. It just happens. And guess what? Mike Conley already got traded once to the Jazz. And if you think he can't be traded again, you're you're living in left field. It's like that's a possibility. I don't think it'll happen because I just don't see any route for it. But like, I'm sorry. I if you, I mean. People who say they don't check the trade machine, yes, you do. You just don't like to go online and and have people razz you because you said a thing, you know. And shout out to everyone who. I mean, I don't know. It drives me crazy, Milo. I like. Guess what? If you want to talk I, about, I, I don't get. Too, I don't. Like, yeah, seriously. Like, want to know? Hey, you you want to know the most like clicked on thing, um, in probably NBA Twitter? Oh yeah. The, the the trade machine it's it is it and and hey why is everybody just so stoked around the trade deadline oh yeah that's right because player movement is fun like the thing is is you can't get met like and the nba knows this like the nba knows this this is why they never like you ever wonder why uh you know Washinowski didn't get shut down by the by by the NBA, but instead he's like one of the most he was like sought after by ESPN and others. Like you have you, did he, well, nobody he think about the that conversation? Everyone follows him. The players follow him. The players comment on mm-hmm. the trades he makes. And the, and you mentioned the word that like this is about fun, guys. It's about fun for the players why did they play basketball in the first place because it was fun why do we watch basketball because it's fun why do we go online on stupid twitter and talk about talk about trades and and go on to slc dunk and go in the comment section and write about you know oh here's a trade scenario like because it's fun it's okay to have fun if you're a person that goes online and tells people like they shouldn't talk about things you're ruining fun and that means you are a villain and should get offline <laughs> or people should mute, mute those people because you are a thief of joy and this is about having fun and guess what trades bring people hope like every single fan base is out here thinking about what they can do to make their team better and that's comes through the trade during the trade deadline and zach Lowe and adrian wojanowski are gonna orjanowski they're gonna get on into a trade lit deadline special and talk about trades and possibilities and guess what they're the lead guys and so if it's okay for Woj and low to talk about trades i'm guessing it's okay for jojo 3625429 on twitter to talk about a trade as well like it's it's okay <laughs> i mean yeah i i don't i i like it doesn't affect people. Yes. Like we all know, we know uh, when people are like, like going mad in our, in, in, in like in our mentions or whatnot. Uh, but I also, uh, even, all of us know, or, or it's kind of like, well, you know, they're mad that they ate me type of thing. And, and players are going to get that too. People are going to be vulnerable. People are going to lash out. It might hurt it. Sometimes it might not, but that machine also drives, attention it drives a lot of money i mean i wrote about that machine part of it the social media machine just a few weeks ago on our on our site of you know like 
Where are the Twitter conversations going? Who drives it? Why, you know, why is that important? So it's okay. In fact, it is really okay if jazz, if like the whole, you know, jazz Twitter sphere is always talking about it all the time. Want to know why? Because it actually drives the conversation and might actually have the Utah jazz talked about more. It is okay. It is so okay. And my, uh, okay. One last thing. Y'all. NBA Twitter has always been like this. When people were like, it wasn't like this early in the early days of NBA Twitter. Yes, it was. It was like this since the beginning. Like this app has done one thing and one thing only. And it has like made celebrating really fun. It's made the lows lower. It makes the highs higher. And it's made people crazy. It's all the same. It's, it's, it's the same. It's the same. Oh, It might have a different kind of paint. But it, and it still doesn't have an edit button, but that's how it's always been. It's there's just a lot more people on it now. There's just not like fifteen or twenty of us now. There's like thousands and thousands of of, of jazz jazz Twitter people. So it's okay. Yeah. Like I remember there was a time where I had like three hundred follows, and I could be like, "Yeah, this is pretty much all of jazz Twitter." So <laughs> versus like now where I. I, I mean, jazz Twitter is even in its own s- s- separate sphere. So it's okay. It is okay. Um, if you're mad at, 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 at jazz Facebook, y'all, like there's like everybody fans different. Everybody is going to be that way. And it's totally, totally okay. Um, as long as you're not being a dick yeah, to others. Don't, like, don't be mean to the players, you know, it just like, you yeah. know, if you're, I like that's another thing too. If you're gonna say something mean to a player or in and we've seen like Donovan Mitchell Dante Exum, like Donovan Mitchell Dante Exum. Yeah. Can you imagine being Dante Exum and reading some of the things people say? It's a joke. And I've seen people on Twitter that I really enjoy that quit Twitter this year because of some people being dick about it. Like you being an absolute dick. And like he quit like I know people who just can't handle that toxicity. And so you know what? Don't be a jerk on Twitter. Stop that. That's not cool. Like if you're, it's okay to talk about trades. It's not cool to like say mean things to players. And I think that's where the human element comes in. Like when people, the human element is not like something you talk about when you say, Hey, you know, wouldn't that be really cool if we could trade uh, Mike Conley for Chris Paul and would that look good? And would the jazz be better? And would he fit in? That's fine. But when you say Mike Conley, you're a piece of garbage and I can't believe you suck so bad. And, and I wish bad things upon you. Like, no, that's not okay. That's lame because you wouldn't say that to him. Yeah. In in, in, in a tweet that's like, like a, like a sponsored tweet. Like, like it would be like, what do you think of Mike Conley from the Utah jazz? And the very first comments, like he's trash. Like that's, 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 that's not how you, that's not how you do the Twitter. Uh, If, if it's like, you know, you're just posting, you know, to your, 312 followers and it's being like yeah i'm 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 concerned about conley like this is you know this is not what i thought was going to go on that's okay that's totally okay if you're like you know what do you trade him do you do what like that's fine that's not something where you need to like be flying into that person's mentions and be like how dare you come at the throne of like or the like and also Fans question their own team. Fans question their own love. Like, 
Y'all, there are huge Harry Potter fans that have big problems with J.K. Rowling's. That does not make them not Harry Potter fans. There are big Star Wars fans who had big problems with J.J. Abrams. There's big Star Wars fans that have big problems with the man who created Star Wars, Lucas. Like there, there, there are fans. As long as you like something, you're a fan. So th- there's no bar. There's no like you ain't true fan if you haven't been. You know, doing it since this time. You're not a true fan if you don't know who this player is. You're not a true fan of, like, if anything, if you're a part of a small market team, if you, fran, a fan base, like, the last thing you want to do is, like, try to, like, have a bouncer at the front, of the, <laughs> at the door of your fan base being like, how fan are you to get in here? Be like, no, we need more people in the umbrella. Like, it's, like... Like we we are not we are not the Joe Bidens and the Bernies the, the the Trumps like bringing in followers. We are uh, the Klobucker or <laughs> or or the or the or the random governor from 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 Montana. Like that's who we are. So we can take all the people we can get, y'all. So yeah, don't don't be don't be throwing people out. So uh, I was just looking. Here and we were talking about Mike Conley, and if you were going to match, because like player for player and and you know value for value, here are the guys that are available that would be able to match like without adding anybody else. And there's only three: Gordon Hayward, Paul Millsap, Demar Derozan, uh, and Kevin Love. Ah. Uh. See, that's the only one I can even see the Jazz being interested in doing. Uh, DeMar DeRozan doesn't match the system at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon Hayward, I just don't see the Jazz even doing that. Maybe they do, but I don't. I just, I just don't see mm-hmm. him doing it. And, and then, and, and and then you could possibly do an auto porter, um, and then somebody else for for Mike Conley, but. What's so hard about, and this is why the trade deadline is also could, you know, it could be a snoozer as well. There are in both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, there are five teams in each conference that are terrible, but they are also only one to three games outside of the eight seed. Mm-hmm. And that's that includes Chicago, that includes you know your Orlando, that includes your. Um, uh, why am I, am I blanking on, on names here, but uh, Chicago, uh, San Antonio, Detroit, like it, what's sad is like, they need to blow their, their franchises up, but there's always going to be an owner being like, dude, can you just get me four games of that playoff money, man? Like, can you just do me a solid and we'll, we'll make changes in the off season. And that's really, I'm, Barring some team, and I'm not seeing a team that's a seller other than the Cleveland Cavaliers that's really ready to just be like, "Hey, come on in." I just, I just don't know if Utah, even if Utah was motivated, and they're like, "Dude, Mike Conley for the taking." I don't think, uh, I don't think there's a team out there that's gonna be like, "Yeah, dude, give me some of that 12 points per 32 million a year." I'm all about that. Yeah, it's rough. 
it's just honestly, I just I would be more surprised. I mean, I they are more likely to trade like Clarkson than than uh, Mike Conley at this point. There's just no one to get. There's just unless they do some crazy wizardry that we just never expected, which uh, I just don't see. Uh, this might be the Jazz team, and so you just you have to hope. And and I think we're probably running out of time here anyway. But I think the Jazz are just looking at they just better hope that Mike Conley figures it out and i actually feel like we've been pretty i mean just as jazz fans in general have been i think our expectations of him have been so high but i do feel like he has played well in certain aspects of the game and um but yeah the shooting percentages just have to go up if the jazz want to to go anywhere they need they need conley to get buckets and hopefully we see that soon um yeah who would have ever thought that we'd still be talking after dante exum was traded. We'll st- we'd still be talking about a point guard being <laughs> being the X yeah. factor. Um, and 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 here's a, here's why I don't understand the people who are so hard on Dante Exum. We're like, dude, uh, if he's not produ- if he's producing like that, like why are we even paying him nine million? Like they're they're past about nine million to a to a, a developing player. But then these are the same guys who are like, how dare you question? Mike Conley and his thirty-two at at this yeah yeah it's like oh I can I I mean I'm pretty good at it like I I what's and I don't want to sound callous about Mike Conley like that I I've never been and this isn't like disappointed like I hate this but I'm I just disappointed like because. He was of all the guys that what the Jazz were able to bring in this season. He was the guy that I was least worried about. I I honestly thought like, dude, this is going to be really good for Donovan Mitchell because even Donovan Mitchell can be a little up and down, mm-hmm. and and now we have a guy who can just light it up and he's consistent. This is going to be nuts. And and I wrote it during the during the last game. Uh, last night where I was like, it's crazy to me and it's just, it's just, uh, it's uncomfortable that I look at, at Conley the same way I look at Tony Bradley or George Niang or, or Emmanuel Moutier, where it's just like, you know what, if we get something from them tonight, that's awesome. But I, I mean, there's, there's no way that anybody's relying upon their points as like a given. It's true. And, and that's, and, and with, with my calling, you're like, I, when he comes into the game, I am pretty much expecting a one for six or like a three for a three for nine or a three for 10 performance every time. Yeah. He's going to play make, um, but he, he's he's not providing a lot of defense right now. He's not. Um, he's probably doing. I I definitely know that he's providing some good locker room experience, and he's probably uh, and Donovan Mitchell, just like he learned from Ricky Rubio, is 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 picking his brain and becoming better at his craft mm-hmm. from him. So that I mean, that's a positive, and you can see that in Donovan Mitchell's game. But as far as like, like. Is 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 that like thirty two millions good though? I don't know, and I don't know 
where you, I honestly am at the point of the season where there's enough games being played where I, I don't think, I honestly don't think he'll be up to Mike Conley of Mike Conley. I think he'll get better. I definitely think he'll be better, but I, I, I don't know if we will see the Mike Conley that we thought we were getting this season. We might get him next season, but he can always opt out. Mm. Like, and, and and that's the insane thing. Like, if you look at the guy, like the free agents for next year, like there's going to be uh, some money to be to be handed out by quite a few teams. But if if you're a guy like Mike Conley and you want to be like, hey, this might be my last payday, and I and I don't want to have to, I, I don't want two years of sample size of me uh, me struggling. I'll, I'm going to bust out of here and just be like, yeah, it was Utah. You saw what happened to Ricky. And, uh, and, and, and people be like, oh yeah, you're right. And have some desperate team that wants a point guard like New York or somebody else being like, oh yeah, you know, you know, we'll swing for the fences on this and he can get like a four year, 26 or 27 mil. He's not going to get 32 again, but I mean, that's going to, that's, that's definitely going to keep the lights mm-hmm. on. So, and, and I, I do think, I do think Utah because of that is th- there's the, it's just a complicated trade deadline. I don't think anything's going to happen, but it's just like there's a question to be asked, and and, and there shouldn't be there's like the, in a there shouldn't have been a question to be asked about this. I think even if he started out the season hurt, I don't think the Utah, that any of us are being like, oh man, you got to trade Mike Conley right now. We're, we'd all be like, oh dude, when he gets back, he's going to light it up. But because he was like this before the injury, and he's still looking like it after, even when they took it even slower with his recovery back, it's just I don't I don't know what he brings, and I and trading him like looking at the guys who can match his salary, I'm like it, I don't, I'm not sure like that that yields anything. Like you could be like, yeah, let's get Danilo Gallinari, which I think would be awesome, but at the same time, I'm like, man, he gets hurt all the time. Like he, like he might, he might get off the plane in Utah and, 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 and twist his ankle. Like, and, and then you're like, well, now, now we're, you know, really sunk. Now we're, now we're out depth and we have that. Like, so I, geez, I don't even know. I don't even know what the Mike Conley thing, like, and, and people who are very strongly for trading him, I think, uh, I, I think are kind of blowing over the nuance of, uh, how hard that is and the people who are like you should never trade him i think are really glossing over um the un- the 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 limiting factor he is by not being able to achieve his potential and and how much of that cap space he's really really um uh sucking up there so it's a tough question well it's going to be an exciting trade deadline and you guys we will definitely be covering it so make sure that you follow, go to slcdunk.com every day. I hope that's part of your routine. And then I hope that you're subscribing to this podcast, guys. It's We're going to do it. I don't we're know back. if we'll ever do it again, but probably will. Uh, wow, that's that's great tease. <laughs> great tease, James. Subscribe to this. I don't know if we'll do this again. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but guys like it subscribe rate and review uh if you're on your iphone go search the pod slc dunk podcast and and give us a review yeah search 
and search. Yeah, go on, go on there yeah. and search some stuff. Search Utah Jazz. Yeah, just, just just look at the reviews that you know, like some great reviews. Like, where are you? <laughs> it's been four months. Do you guys know the season started? Yeah. Five star yeah, reviews guys, like that. When I, when, once I get to bed <laughs> at a decent hour, I'll I'll. Uh... I'll I'll get to the review. I don't know, guys. Just like and subscribe or read and review, or whatever. Please do it. It would make our day. <laughs> just do stuff. It would make us look good. Yeah, give us a five stars. Even though you know uh, reviews probably aren't going to have five star anymore, like starting like in a few months. But hey, give us one so it matters now. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're we're out. Yeah, talk to Peace, you later. y'all.